Oh, man. The Jazz ultimately give themselves the chance to win the game. Have four seconds to score. I mean, they're down one. Preferably a two-pointer. Didn't even get a good shot off. Walker Kessler proves himself tonight against one of the best centers in the league with 15 points, 12 rebounds. Let's get into it, baby. This is Jasketball. Play that intro music. Man, oh man, that one really felt like we were gonna gonna get it. Uh, I think the Jazz played incredible, especially since there was no Lowry Markinen, no Kelly Olynyk, no Rudy Gay. We've really struggled at times with a big man. Oh, and uh, yeah, it, it, I was just so excited at the end, and that last play was super deflating. Uh, in the group chat, we were saying. Or I was saying, you know, lob to Kessler, have JC, Conley, or THT drive hard to the rim. Uh, the ball's inbounded, and THT, it's inbounded to THT. They're looking for JC. THT waits probably two seconds, finally gets it to JC, and then they double-team JC and doesn't even get a shot off. Um, not sure why we're trying to go for a three-pointer if we're down by one if that's the play right in the timeout it's got to be hey if we can't get jc the ball whoever gets the ball drive hard to the rim try and draw a foul or get an easy bucket uh i kind of put that last play on coach not, not explaining or maybe the players just didn't understand the situation tht hasn't been playing much lately so maybe that was the plan on the other side from um Doc Rivers is, hey, let THT get the ball. He's not going to know what to do with it. Super frustrating. <laughs> At least should have got a shot off, if not got to the foul line. Uh, and for those that are wanting to tank, I guess that's a perfect game, right? You 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 compete. You come back down from 20. Uh, you make it an entertaining game. And Kessler has a huge game against Embiid. But uh, the Jazz just, they come up short. So I'm going to i am gonna turn this over to you guys. I've got quite a few people requesting to speak. Um, let's go Armani first, and then we'll go over to Kevin. Uh, Armani, go ahead, man. You have been approved. And then I'll approve you, Kevin. I can't believe that. I don't know what just happened. I can't make that. I cannot make that play make any type of sense. The only thing I can see in that situation is that I don't even know. Like Horton Tucker got the ball and maybe he was supposed to run downhill, but chose to make sure that JC got the last shot it, because it just doesn't make sense. Like just, just I replayed the play like three times already. <laughs> like. There's no like where was Kessler? Like Kessler just uh, yeah. Why is Kessler not even on the floor? Kessler need to be on court regardless of it, you know, being a lob situation or anything like that. 
Yeah, because he gets an easy tip in if it's a miss. Right. That could have easily been a situation where JC um, JC not being the inbounder, Collins should have been the inbounder, and we have Kessler setting a down screen for JC to get open. If JC is not open off that off off the catch, then you have Kessler for a lob. Well, and even inbounding the ball, if you get in trouble, just toss it up to Kessler. And then rub yeah, off him to get to grab the ball. Like yeah. Yeah, like yeah, like I don't I don't I don't I don't care. Yeah. That was a terrible that's play. Coach. That's coach. That's coach. That's hundred percent coach. I can't Well, I'll put a little bit on THT too, because you gotta realize the situation with four seconds if you can't get the ball. Like THT's gotta be smart enough to drive to the basket. Or at least look think, at the basket. No I one was think, guarding him. I think that's a situation where the ball was almost Maybe coach was trying to force the ball to JC, or THC was trying to force the ball to, to JC because in any other situation, that doesn't make sense because you see how nobody else tried to come for the ball. Yeah. Did you see at the top of the key where he looks left and then he looks right and he right. panics? Yeah. Like he didn't know what to do with the ball. I don't think there was enough options on that play. But you you got to realize it's a one point thing. game though, like a one point game, and you as a player, an NBA player, you like four seconds. Okay, time is running out. I don't know. I'm interested to see what coach says in this interview because we always do them. I'm hoping one of the one of the reporters asked the tough question. What was the play out of bounds and. Uh, I, I don't know what the explanation no, I think will be. Coach is gonna come out the gates just explaining that play. I honestly, really, I fully believe that he's just gonna come out the gates with that because that 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 situation it, that just it doesn't make sense for the situation. Why? Yeah, why? Take it on him. He always does. He'll never blame it on the players. Just, beginning, just the beginning of the play, just at the beginning of the play, um, there was two plays extended beyond um the half court line. I was just like, why? Why? I'm like, why? I, 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 yeah, I just couldn't. I could, I couldn't make that make sense. But I will say, Walker played an outstanding game against um MB. He did. He played. Just, he played just about the best defense you could possibly ask anybody to play on um MB. Here's he, coach. He, Here's he, coach. Here's coach. A very slow start. Our defense was not physical to start the game, and. Credit to Philly, they were in a rhythm early, um, made a lot of shots, but uh, I think our phys- defensive physicality as the game went on was terrific. I think our team showed a lot of fight again, as we always do. Um, executed some things really, really well as the game went on, and <clears throat> you know, ultimately we were one stop short at the end. But these are all good, good learning moments for our team. All good opportunities for for them to. You know, continue to understand end the game, and for all of us to continue to grow as a group in those moments, um, our communication and what we're trying to execute on both ends. So, you know, Philly's a good team. They've got some really special players, and at times in the fourth quarter, I think, you know, we just got caught with our hands in, and it let them go to the free throw line. But I think other than that, you know, you can always nitpick a few possessions here and there but i thought our defense and attention to detail and and scramble and fight tonight was uh was really really good for the the last three quarters what would you like to see on that final possession which one ours or theirs um you know it's a it's a flip back play for jc where mike is sitting behind and has an option to slip out or screen and um you know i think 
if Mike slips out a little bit earlier, maybe JC sees him. But you know, those those possessions are hard when it's four seconds and the team is is really locked in on you. Obviously, um, you know, us calling timeout because it's only four seconds they get to self dive back in the game, and so you're trying to get him off of JC. But I think you got to think made a about that before, though, um, coach. You know, really credit to Embiid because he just left Mike to go to double ah. JC on that last play, and they had great size on the ball, and so um, I don't think he was able to to see Mike. But um, you know, the first part of the play I thought was executed very well, and then um, once the ball gets in bounds, it's it's hard to really predict what a team is going to do defensively, um, and they doubled JC, which um, you don't see a ton at the end of the game. So, what do you mean? Yeah, it's, it's a tough play, but I thought for the most part our guys executed what we wanted to do. Malik's had a few rough shooting nights in a row. Um, do you like the shots that he's getting and taking? I like some of them. I think he's pressing a little bit at times, and that's natural. He's a he's a very good three-point shooter. I think coming into tonight, he's second in the NBA in attempts. You know, that's that's what he does. And so, I never question a lot of Malik shots. I think um, you know he's he's a marked man, and every night coming into the game, the other team is trying to take him out. They're trying to not let him get threes. It's hard for him to just find wide open naked threes in a game and so he has to take some that are a little bit rushed at times he has to take some that are a little contested at times um and so you know it's on us to continue to try to execute and and find him when he's open try to get him a couple cleaner looks um to not make his life so hard but um you know i think for the most part the threes he's taken have been pretty good uh there's some possessions where you know because he's He's a really good shooter and scorer. He, he's pressing at times, but you know that's very natural. That happens to to every player. Um, you try to find your way back into a rhythm, and um, he works really hard on his game. He's in the gym every day, and so you know, for me, it's just about trusting Malik and trusting his work and continuing to try to empower him. I thought Walker had some great moments. I think his first quarter was not very good. Um, his physicality in the first quarter was not good at all. And he made a great adjustment as the game went on, and he started to be a little more physical with Embiid. He started making his catches tougher. He started making it harder for him to screen. He used his length well, and I thought he he was really good at running, going the other way, and, and making Embiid work in that way. So uh, big tip in at the end, obviously, but he continues to work so hard on the glass. Um, you know, he's doing a good job of learning how to present himself for dump-offs and lobs for his teammates. You know, a lot of, I'd say almost every night, the other team's going to guard him with their center. And so that guy is generally the primary help defender when we do drive the ball. And so Walker making himself available for dump-offs is a, a huge part of our ability to score at the basket. And I think he's to continue to do a pretty good job of that. Kevin was kind of thrust into a bigger role tonight. What did you see out of his game that stood out? Oh, yeah, I thought Taylor did a good job of, for the most part, you know, not settling to shooting jump shots. Um, you know, we tried to get him in some spots where he could really attack off the bounce, and I think he's continuing to, to understand that that's his superpower, is he can get in the paint really whenever he wants. And, um, you know, he's doing a better job of making decisions once he gets there and continuing to play with a lot of force downhill. Um, 
you know, he shot 10 free throws. And against a physical defense like that, you have to match their physicality offensively or you're not going to get any whistle. And I thought Taylor was one of the best guys on our team tonight at just driving physically to their bodies and creating contact. Um, and that's what allowed him to shoot some free throws tonight. What were you saying? Joined by Big T Thurl Bailey and calling the game tonight with uh, Craig Bolajak and uh, T. Uh, you guys showed this stat. Man, uh, I, yeah, I, I put that one on coach. I think that was a rookie coach, uh, you know, mistake. Which the it, explanation for the play, also, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that play. Yeah, I'm not yeah, it, it's it's, it, and then the explanation of Mike being able to slip, like it just the the thing that bothers me most is probably Walker Kessler not being on the floor just in case you miss a shot to tip in, and. If you watch the after the game, it, it almost looked like Kessler was a little bit dejected. And after a game like that, that's not how Kessler should feel. It, it should not be, you know, uh, you, you should not take one of your best players off the floor at, at in the closing four seconds and, of that game. In coaches' defense, um, I think you take Kessler off the floor because oh, Kessler struggles at screening. Like, he's got to get better at screening to be on the floor in that moment. And I think if he improves, this is one of the things I was going to say in the group chat and I forgot to, like, like he's got to get, that's the one thing, like, he really misses in his game right now. And if he, and it's so hard to pick his game apart right now because, I mean, literally, he's like a fringe all-star center right now. Like, and it's so weird to say that. The way he played he plays, he plays the center position the correct way. Yeah, if he can literally just learn how to set his feet on a screen and stop shuffling them, which he will, he's a rookie. I think that's just his core strength, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, and he'll get there. But, like, that's the thing is, like, like he just struggles at setting screens. If he was better at setting screens, I really do think he's in there in that moment. I really do. I just think... A lot of the times a, a screen is set up by the guard and and our guards aren't patient enough to even come off a screen. I mean, you, you look at, at uh, Vanderbilt and he's got to be the worst screener. He throws oh, his arms out Lord. and it, it, it amazes me that he doesn't get an offensive foul every time. But it, I just don't even think you need a screen in that, that last play. I, I not, think you I'm need... I'm not saying that's the reason why. I'm just saying, like, I think... I was saying that's, maybe, one, of, that's maybe. one of the many reasons why maybe. because because maybe. you know it, it, yeah I see what you're saying but he's a big body there so regardless I, I don't know I, I, I just think we're short rebounders right there's no Lowry yeah. there's no Olenek like it, if you miss the shot it, how many tippings did, did Kessler have best rebounder on the team. yeah he he had a he had a few tippings tonight and that's that's the main reason for me to keep him on the floor but also drive hard at the basket, and if somebody helps off, you throw a lob up. And, I'm and, sorry, but I'm bummed. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would I would most definitely have Kessler on the court, and I would have THT try to go downhill. I, the, the JC, I, we love JC, you know, JC talented and all that, but there's nobody on that court that could stop t- Taylor from actually going downhill. If that well, who came in? Who came in for him? What? Because non-THT were having good games. Conley, who Clarkson. What, who else was the fifth guy? Beasley. 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 Yeah, Beasley. Yeah. Yeah. And Beasley had a rough game. Beasley's the guy I would have left out this game just because he he shot twenty one percent. 
But if your play that you're calling is the pass back, so if, if the whole thing is to have Clarkson inbound it to Conley and then get the ball back to JC for a shot, that's three seconds. You're not that's getting too, a, That's too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah, what I'm saying. So you're not getting a rebound. So why have Kessler in the game? Like, well, that's where and, I think the mistake is in the first place. If, if that's the play you true. want to run, there's no point having Kessler in the but game. I don't, I don't understand that draw up either because you have to have to, you have to understand that they're going to play JC hard. Well, yeah, yeah his, coach's explanation of I, you know, usually they don't double. Like, yeah, but you have to, you have to plan yeah, for that, yeah, especially if Clarkson's the guy. You got to think the other team. Okay, if Clarkson gets it, they they might throw a double at us. And by not having by not having uh, Kessler in the game, you're almost taking away your options of what plays you can be running. Yeah, you're right. It's just too many. Yeah, it was too many options taken off the board just via the lineup. So now you've got now you got a big long Embiid who can sit on the perimeter and put his big ass long arms out there to guard the perimeter instead of having to sink in to guard a Kessler for a lot. Well, let's let's move on to the other other stuff in the game because there was good stuff that happened. Uh, Joel Embiid scores thirty points, shoots nine for eighteen, uh, only hit two three pointers, but uh, I would say quiet thirty. Kessler, like we said, did a fantastic job on him. Uh, I think, especially at not foul, he only had one foul. Yeah, I think Kessler really proved that. Hey, um, I can hang with I the best, all, the I best centers. That, yeah. Yeah, the best centers in the league, and he solidified himself tonight. Um, nine nine defensive rebounds, three offensive rebounds, had a steal, two blocks. I believe I believe both of them were against Embiid. The thing that I Embiid, yep, yep. The thing that I love about Kessler and Armani, I think you said this and said this when you watched him in college, is he runs the floor. That he can run. So he, he get, can really, really run. And the thing is, is that he's not running as hard as he possibly can because he, I, I see him, sometimes he just sit there, he, he'll, he'll take two, three seconds to run. And it's not because he can't. <laughs> he knows he's not going to get the ball majority of the time. <laughs> like earlier, earlier in the season, he was running like a gazelle. Like yeah, a gazelle. I, I believe it was in the, in the second, I believe it was in the second quarter. He had a block on Embiid. Then tipped it to one of our guys, ran the floor hard, and got a dunk. And yep. and Bede's still on the other end. Uh, Kevin, I think you 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 uh, chatted to us in the group chat. Uh, Kessler's making Embiid look lazy. Which I are... think he realized in the second quarter that he could speed walk and beat it and beat <laughs> down the damn floor. I mean, I for, I guess I just don't watch the Sixers very much. And oh no! This like, is how Embiid plays. Yeah. I just I forgot how lazy Embiid is. He is. Like I forgot that he just doesn't put a lot of effort into the game. Well, he's preserving his body. You see him. He 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 um. Yeah, good on he him. Hit the, he but, hit the fadeaway. He hit the fadeaway and just out of nowhere just started limping. Like yeah, it's like yeah. Yeah, like tripped over his foot or something. But yeah, I don't think I I don't think Embiid was given everything he had. Um, I think they came into Utah. I don't think he really necessarily could, though. Possibly. I, I mean, he's a big because, dude. Because he's a big dude. Because the way that Kessler played, the way Kessler played that, is that the way that Kessler was playing him today, any play that Embiid would have to go to go drive on Kessler, he would more than likely get called for offensive foul. The way that Kessler was kind of backing off, but, but he was using his arms. Kessler was using his arms, and he was and he was um moving his feet. He was 
he was playing as good as you possibly can. And if any way that MB would have had took him to the basket, it would probably have been an offensive foul. Yeah. How good he was playing. Looking at this lead tracker. Once he stopped stopped, uh, fighting on those damn uh, fakes, the the whole game changed for him. Like, he took, what, I think three of them in, like, the first five minutes, and then he never bit on another pump fake after that, and it just – it changed the whole game. Like – that's what I love about him most is is he did have a bad first quarter and coach hit on that and he's able to make in-game adjustments and learn so quickly on the fly. And that's that's why I think just keep on throwing him in the fire and uh and then, you know, you give him a full year and an off season and this dude's going to be one of the best centers in the league. And really the whole tonight was our backup center. Like once he went out you had THT yep. at times guarding Embiid. <laughs> like, and, and Vando, I, I honestly might. Vando has to go. Yeah, I, I'd rather have THT guard Embiid over Vando. I, I swear to you. I wonder how Tim Conley watches jazz games, knowing that he didn't, he doesn't have the best center from that trade. Yeah, they gotta be, they gotta be hurting. Like if you know what I man, if I'm freaking Kessler, I freaking call up Rudy and I say, "Hey Rudy, just give me a price. Teach me how to screen like you do." Because if he could learn how to screen half as good as freaking Rudy does, he'll be an All Star next year. I, I, I it think it be a question. Well, yeah. well, I don't think I don't think it's just him not knowing how to screen as as another part to the situation is that the guards don't use the screen the correct way. Right, but I... I, I oh, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying them. that that's going to fix this whole game, but I'm just saying, like, oh, this no, is it, one it, thing it, he can work in the offseason that will just help him take this game because he's got the block yeah. down. Yeah. He, he, we can see he can shoot the 15-footer. And, yeah. and we know what the most... And we were talking about this before the game. I think the most impressive thing to me that I've seen is his just... His intelligence yeah. and his quickness. When he sees the guard coming into there, he he fronts his man and then he steps out of the way and he gives the guard the space he needs to, to do what he needs to do. And that's something Rudy could never do was to give Don the space he needed to operate when he came in underneath. Yeah, because Rudy would go right under the basket. Here's yeah. the here's the thing to think about too. Alex Jensen really molded Rudy Gobert, and if you think about how to teach to set a screen. It's not that hard. I think what's happening is Kessler has so many other things that he's focusing on right now and trying to develop that screening for the coaching staff and what we need right now aren't on the top of the list. But but the way that he's he can make in-game decisions and adjustments, I mean this guy give him you know a full year off season couple more years. That's what I'm saying. Like he I'm not worried about no, he's, he's, him he's learning how to screen right now. He's a, he's a playoff center right now. Yeah. So yeah, let's, let, let's jump into uh, some of these other stats. James Harden had 31. He led the 76ers in scoring. Clarkson led the jazz with 38. Um, Clarkson seems like he's kind of finding his groove again and not forcing it as much was, which is great to see. I love that in the fourth quarter, he knows like, you know, this is the time that my team needs me, especially, Tonight with no Lowry. Uh, Joel Embiid leads, <laughs> get this, Kessler out-rebounds Joel Embiid 12-7. to uh, uh, 
coming into this game, I wouldn't have thought that that would have happened. Uh, James Harden led the Sixers with assists. Mike Conley led the Jazz with assists, 8-11. to And then DeAnthony, DeAnthony Melton had two blocks for the Sixers. And Taylor Horton Tucker is saying that he led us in blocks. So him and Kessler must have tied it too. But, uh, I mean, we out-rebounded these guys. When when you, you're down all your big men, basically, we out-rebound these guys 59-46. to This is the second game in a row where we're finally rebounding as a team. Uh, second chance points, we finally... Oh, no, sorry, that's what we've been doing good at. 19-6, to fast break points. We finally beat a team in fast break points. We had 20, they only had Whoa. 10. Well, and I think that might've been part of the game plan coach told Kessler, like run, you know, once we get the ball run because Embiid's not going to be able to keep up with you. Yeah, and B won't be able to keep up with you. Here's the thing with Kessler, and that's my, that's my big gripe with these, with the guards is that Kessler outruns all the bigs, and none of the guards can jump with him. So it's like, why why are we not making sure that he gets some of these lob, some of these lob chances, you know, on yeah. a fast break? All like, JC had to do was close his eyes and throw the ball <laughs> toward the free, just throw the ball toward the free throw line, just throw it toward the paint, and Kessler would have had a two point, two Bro, point dunk every time. The, 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 every the time. amount of times that JC sat there and dribbled himself into a corner. Just for Kessler just to be sitting there just wide open was just like cringing me. Like the entire time, I'm just like, bro, passing the ball, please. Please just passing the ball. He's right there. He's going to kick it back out. If, if Kessler doesn't have a shot, he's going to kick it back out. It's not like he's uh, he's a player who's going to sit there and try to go score. It's And this is why JC can never be a primary ball handler. He can't dribble with his head up. He just can't do it. Like he, 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 he starts dribbling, his head drops. He just he can't dribble his head up. So like, you watch Mike, man. Mike never dribbles with his head down. Like his head is always on a swivel. What is what's going on with Mike? It seems like he he's not as effective as late. It's the it's the three. It's, you know what it is is that he doesn't. It's his knees. Yeah, his I knees. think he's just saving himself. I just think he's not giving it a hundred percent. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, it's, it's it's definitely his knees because um he doesn't have enough lift on his three point shot. So you can see a lot of times it will fl- it will flat in a hit front ram and stuff like that, and then when he drops to the basket, he just yeah his his legs are not on it, so he can't really get as high for the finishing or anything like that. You, he's been atrocious, atrocious dropping to the paint. So it's why it's why I say I don't know why we're starting him. Like I don't know why he's not coming off the bench. Like, he's a, he's a st- no he's he's the best point guard. He's the best quote unquote but primary. But why hmm? why can't we start? Um, who Sexton? Well, Sexton was out tonight. Sexton yeah, Sexton was out tonight. But when Sexton is here, well, I I think they're the, nursing Sexton. I mean, Sexton has been in and out all year, and I I, I just I I, I think like, Sexton still needs more time. When you have somebody who might, who's like Mike Conley who can make smart decisions and control the pace of the game, we all we one thing we always complain about is that Colin Sexton 
outpaces itself. Well, and, and so, Kevin, I get I get what you're saying with Sexton, but like even when they uh, interviewed Mehmet Okur, they're like, "What do you think of this team?" And I mean, the first thing out of his mouth is like, "They they haven't been healthy all year." You know, if they're healthy, then they it'd be a different even story. Even when Mike is in the game, JC's dominating the ball. So yeah. why are we putting Mike in the game well, I think and r- putting hours on his freaking knees if JC's just going to go in there and dominate the damn ball over Yeah, him? well, I think both of them are both of them are secondary ball handlers, right? Neither one of them can possibly be a primary ball handler right now. The thing is, is that yeah, JC right. is so... Yeah, you're right. I know. I just... Yeah. The I want... thing is, is that JC is so gifted offensively when it comes to um his scoring package getting downhill there's like you kind of want the ball in his hand because Mike is not he's just not efficient driving and his three point his three ball is not going his way you know the way that we would like it to go so um Mike is more like a swing swing guy and a guy who can expose and pick and roll um not by not not by his ability but his smarts yeah so we need that on the court as opposed to JC JC can just go drive and just put up some nonsense and we could you know we could possibly get something going i want to hit on this last play and uh, i know dallin uh just requested to speak to um the the last play by the 76ers with 13.3 seconds left we're up by one point um i'm playing this on youtube if you're watching they get the ball into harden and b comes over sets a screen switch switch back but this the really the the thing that was effective on us handling Embiid as we kept throwing a double team at him, right? And I don't know if that was part of the game plan at the very last. He had a great shot against Kessler. I think Kessler did just about everything he could to uh, try and affect that shot. I don't think you're going to block Embiid on a fadeaway, you know, five-footer. But, um, there, you know, there's a guard right there. Why did we not send that guard, or why was that not discussed? Or is, uh, is, is that because, just... Because the last couple times we've done that in that thing, in that situation where it's a Harden and then be throw it back to Harden. The, 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 no, not even no. Well, they have that too, but the guards foul. Yeah. That's the issue. Like, I, I, like I, every single time the guard had foul. For like and, in the second half, Harden just had just went on like a sixteen zero run. For yeah, that, he did. Just like prior to that, yeah. So you can't, so you can't let him go off and, and let him get a, a step back three. So it's just like, a, eh, which one would you rather? I'd rather MB sit there and take that jump shot. So, uh, and I, I agree with all your guys' takes on the game tonight. And Kessler was amazing. <laughs> that I agree with everything that you guys said. Um, the one thing that stood out to me the most would be um, the way the guys. Um, the way that Will Hardy prepared these guys for the game and um, how they ran the system and just to see that how you can plug all these role players into the system and we hang with the 76ers. 76ers are a team that probably won't win the East, but they're going to go pretty far in the playoffs as far as going to the second round. So it, I, I just think that you know, if we do end up trading for somebody that they could flourish in the system because of Will Hardy. I, I do knock him for, yeah, that last play where we should have been 
whoever catches the ball just go to the basket that don't even think about giving it to JC. If it's JC, then obviously, yes, go to the basket. But yeah. Yeah. And, and to hit on your point a little more, Taylor Horton Tucker and Nah played a lot together, which I don't believe we've seen very much. I thought they did really well. And um, it kind of proved that they both can play together because I, I think, I don't think Taylor Horton Tucker needs to be a point guard just because of his, his body size and, his ability to guard different positions. Um, but I, I also like Na uh, for his defensive ability and being able to hand the point guard, especially with the second unit. So uh, Na led the team in plus minus with 14, and then Taylor Horton Tucker was right behind him with 11. So, it, you know, you can look at the box score and see how effective that was tonight. They both shot the ball pretty well. Taylor Horton Tucker had 20 points. Uh, Nikhil had seven with seven rebounds for a little guard like him is huge for our team. And uh, between the two of them, they only had four turnovers. So they also took care of the ball. Um, I think when they play together, it forces THT to take the ball inside. And that that's who THT is. Like, yeah. like he's not a shooter and he just needs to realize that that's not who he is. He's got to get the ball. He's got to use his size. He's got to get the ball to the rim, and that's where he's going to be most efficient. It's these games when he tries to shoot the three and he tries to do this little mid-range pull-up. He just he can't do it. But when he takes it to to the rim, like he like uh, uh, you know, Monty was saying, like there isn't anybody really on the court tonight who could really stop him when he wanted to get to the rim. I think you know what it is is that. Both of those players, they could play. They play well together, right? But um, it's hard to get both of them on the court at the same time when Colin Sexton is healthy, because then the guard rotation gets a little bit too deep. And who would you rather have on the court? I would much rather have the um, no on the court than THT. As much you know, as explosive as THT is, it's just like you want to play sturdy defense, and he can hit an open jump shot. So it's just like eh. Have you guys noticed uh, how much the other, when we're playing defense and Vanderbilt's on the floor, how much the other team targets Vando? Like, it, it, yeah, a lot. It's crazy. Yeah, because Vando cannot play yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'll be honest. He, he's, he's disruptive, but he's not a smart defender and he's a terrible rim protector terrible yeah god awful can't get a block with anything and he can't stop anybody from dropping on him because his hips are too tight so it's just eh, it's just disgusting to watch he the only thing he can do is pressure the ball at the top of the key well it, not it only looks that great when he does that not only like the discrepancy <clears throat> excuse me the discrepancy between his ability to guard a guard and a big man is so massive. Like, when he's <laughs> yeah. on a guard, he's a pretty damn good defender. And so anytime he's, like, on, you know, a Harden or anyone else, they immediately go for a switch because they know the Jazz will switch it. Yeah. And they immediately put him on a big man, and then, boom, mismatch. Like, and it's just smart basketball. Like, oh, he's guarding one of our guards? Let's switch it. Because yeah. they know the Jazz are going to switch it every single time. Boom. Now we have an advantage. Like it doesn't. A fifth grader can see that. Yeah, I, I think it's simple as that. If we're switching, they set a screen, get the switch that they want, 
if we're not switching, they just pass it to whoever gar- Vandal's guarding and, and take him. Um, H- hence why he gets the nickname Scarecrow. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, another big takeaway, I just wanted to hit on Kessler again. Dude, I totally went into this game thinking that Embiid was going to drop a 60 bomber on him. And he proved me wrong. And I, I tried to temper my ex- expectations with him. And he did amazing tonight. Man. Guys, Kessler. It, his defense was so good. Yeah, <laughs> Kessler did not miss a shot. He didn't miss a shot tonight. Gets 12 rebounds, one steal, two blocks, only one turnover, and one foul on Embiid. That's incredible to me. Scores 15 points. With that said, I want to see him miss some shots. I want him to see him. Yeah. I want to see him start taking those 15-footers. Yeah. I know he's going to miss them, but I want to see him take those shots because, like, if he can start stretching that defense out, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It, was it preseason that we heard that he could shoot a three? I don't know. I was, no, no, he could shoot. Yeah, yeah he, and when he, when he was in college, he, shot a, he, he tried to shoot, a, 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 you know, some corner threes, and he tried to hit some top-of-the-key type of threes. Um, and and he has a good form he for it. So he has a yeah. good form. He just he just doesn't have it yet. Um, but it will be there in about two years. We're going to see him. We don't just need keep it. Popping. If he's we playing next to Laurie, Laurie, we don't need him to shoot threes. Like that's yeah, but if he could Laurie, hit like a, a space. an elbow extension that. or exactly right. yeah that fifteen to eighteen footer. Yeah. If he does it, that's that all opens I need. things up for Laurie too. Yeah, that's all I need. I need him to get uh, about an el- you know an elbow midi. And a baseline midi, and it, the whole game could just open up for the entire team because then he could start to learn how to pass. You know, he, he could start to you know learn how to be an, an initiator in offense. You know, passing, catching the ball at the um elbow, catching the ball at the um at the baseline, getting his um his screen the screen game. It's so so many things that could open up just by him just getting that small little mid range shot. Well, and I, now, I, I don't when think he moves out for the for the guard when he steps out to give yep. the guard room. To move to work inside the paint, the guard can actually kick it out to him, and he can hit the shot. Yep. Like, like that's the thing is like that's with the Rudy. Problem. Rudy, if he moved out and you kicked him the ball, he was just looking for someone else to pass him pass the yeah. ball to because he sure yeah. as hell wasn't going to do anything with it. Yeah, yeah. How many how many times do you remember Rudy just standing at the top of the key, like looking to pass it to somebody? <laughs> uh, hey Brown, you got your 76ers fan with you? Sorry. Hey, we got a uh, we got Brow back. Let's uh let's let him speak. And uh, is there anything that you've heard us talk about that you agree or disagree with? Sorry, fellas, I just got home, so I I'm just listening. So what what have you guys been speaking about? Well, just everything. We'll 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 come back to you. Just listen to us a little longer. Did you watch the game? Yep, yeah, I was there. Okay, cool. Were you at, you were at the arena, right? Yeah. What 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 was the feel in the arena uh, in the last two minutes of the game? Um, so I went last year to the Mavericks playoff, and the arena was like ten times more electric tonight. Wow! Yeah, and, and Kevin, you said uh, during that dawn game that you think they turned the the volume of the crowd down, and I almost feel the same. Like I could tell they were r- more rowdy, but you just can't hear them as much. Um, I wanted to hit on, oh, there was another thing I wanted to hit on. Now my mind just went blank. I'm watching Jordan Clarkson's shot attempts. Um, 
Yeah, somebody else speak about something because I literally went blank. Want to hear something interesting? Yeah. If, if we win tonight, um, Minnesota wins tonight because they won tonight. Uh, all three of our draft picks now would be above fifteen. <laughs> uh, speaking of Jordan Clarkson's shot attempts, he's um, like you said. He's uh, earlier. You said he's coming into his game more. And I agree. Um, uh, more of a early season Jordan Clarkson that we have, and he's just um, picking his shots better. Uh, I've noticed in the last ten games he's not just chucking to chuck, but obviously he, he, with Jordan Clarkson, you kind of hesitant to count on that every night too. So <laughs> yeah, he shot fifty-five percent tonight. Uh, took twenty-nine shots, which almost kind of had to because nobody else was rolling and Lowry was out. But, uh, I mean, I, I think he's becoming such a great player and is able to kind of mold with his role. It's a different role than he had last year. Kevin, you said, you know, why why are the L.A. Lakers not trying to get Conley and Clarkson? And um, in the beginning of the year, I know the Jazz kind of gave the stiff arm to the Lakers. Do you still think that that's a reason why a deal might not be going down between the two? They just don't want to give up their draft picks, and I I just don't understand why. Like why? Not either. You are. Well, because LeBron's gonna stay his whole career there, so he already told me. I'll tell you why. Because they they don't know if JC is worth spending a first round pick on, right? Weighing against their future, like is JC a player who could push us towards a championship now? when we have this 2027-2029 pick that we might be harping on that, you know, we, we may be able to use in, in, in a future situation to be able to go get the trade for a star or just to be able to reset our future. Is J.C. worth that? Because we don't even know if he can play with LeBron in the, in the, play, style, in the play style that he has right now. So, so tell me a time in the last 30 years the Lakers have had a hard time going out and <laughs> yeah. signing the free agent that they wanted. Right. No, Tell that's, me that's a time correct. in the last 30 years that they needed draft picks mm-hmm. to build their team back up. It's, it's, yeah. a new, it's, a new, it's a new day for them, though. Well, it even if they have saying. draft picks and get somebody, they, that they're not there for very long. Yeah, they, they, they don't invest in developing players anyways. Like, like they've got these picks, and yes... They, they may draft a player and they may bring them some good value, but like, like that's not how the, that's not how the Lakers build. No, their it's team. not. It's not at all. But right, but see, that's the thing. They can be able to at least go. They can at least be able to feel like they have the chance to be able to go grab a player who can be an asset for a trade for a bigger storm. They don't. They don't know how long LeBron's going to last. They don't know if AD is going to last for sure. They hope that AD can last. The rest, the you know, Westbrook is coming off the is about to come off the books. It's, it's a lot of it's a lot of moving parts that they have. Their roster construction just does not work for them. So trying to go get somebody like JC for a two thousand for, for you know for that draft pick that might be valuable as it, as in the league might value those draft picks higher than that the higher than the Lakers do and the Lakers do understand that and so they're not willing to just let it go for somebody like JC and Mike Conley. Uh, I, I hate and to. You don't, go- think, uh, you don't I, think like JC and Mike Conley could make them a championship contender? Uh, I do, especially if AD's healthy. Or especially uh, if they could, like, I, I pull, like, a, the rest of the West. an Olenek away from us, too? 
Yeah. I, I think if you get JC, Conley, Olenek, and a deal. West, if, if, if we look at the rest of the West, JC and Mike Conley is going to help the Lakers beat, I don't know, Memphis? Not Golden State. Sure. Not Golden State. And they're the top. Then they're not beating Golden State. Um, I think they got a chance. I think the West, anybody has a chance still. You think anybody has a chance? Oh, no, I think we still have a chance if we make the right trade. <laughs> uh, I, I can't disagree. I don't think in seven games anybody's beating Golden State right now. Yeah, I'm I would just bet. Right now, if you put shooters around LeBron. And AD. He can, he, he can beat anybody. All right, now, with that being said, is JC a shooter? Uh, yes. I, I, but I, he's a shot creator. But the thing is, if you get Conley and JC, then you've got Conley who can shoot, Conley but also is not facilitate. Three point shot enough for you to go on is giving him at the first, giving the first round. But he can, he can, especially <laughs> he if we halfway through the season and they're looking at it like that. Yeah, but but last okay, year, so last year with Donovan and those other guys, Conley. Conley can can do it, especially in clutch moments and and. Oh no, I believe so. I believe so. But the trade market. It, it, we have to understand that his the, his market value right now doesn't look good because it, because he can't hit the three ball as of right now. He could he could easily just you know he could easily just flip the switch. It's not like he I don't know like he's like a, what a career thirty seven thirty. Yeah, but I I don't think that when you're looking at a trade, especially for a veteran Mike Conley, you're looking at the first half of this season. It's it's his career. He's he's proven himself on who he is. So um, yeah, but we we got to think. Is, is he worth that first round pick? I don't know. I even out there I, right now. Are they gonna go out and get who is like that? Like I, I can't even think of anybody who's available right now. Who is that knockdown three point shooter guaranteed? Like Bogdan, they're, they're, they're looking to go get Bogdanovich and um and um. Yeah, they are looking at Bogey. Well, that's the rumors. I mean, if they can get Bogey, Bogey would help them. But you still need a point guard that facilitates, and they don't have that. And that's, that's you don't need a point guard if it was he, because we have to look at it. You got LeBron. You don't need a point guard. Yeah, you got LeBron. You got Westbrook coming off the bench. It's like, yeah. Yeah, but if you, you could replace him. Westbrook with a, a Mike Conley, you you you're telling me that wouldn't make you better. I don't know. I, I, don't, yeah, know I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm willing to let a uh, guaranteed double double walk. I don't know. Well, if I, I think they'd have to get rid of Westbrook to get Bogey, but. I don't know how the salaries would work, but so I, I hate to go backwards, but I'm on YouTube and I'm I've been watching Clarkson's uh, field goal attempts made and missed, and I'm gonna walk us through on YouTube this last play because uh, I can't get over it, man. Uh, so <laughs> it, I'm playing it. I'm stopping and playing it right. Uh, THT gets the ball finally to Clarkson with 3.4 seconds left. So good second has ran off the, the the clock clarkson gets it at half court uh he comes off the basically the handoff pj tucker switches on to him joel Embiid is guarding mike conley and this is this is what we've been talking about clarkson doesn't look up to pass he drives straight into a double team with P.J. Tucker and Embiid, and Mike Conley is wide open. Wide open at the top of the key. All he has to do is retreat dribble and pass it to him for wide open three. But just doesn't see it. Keeps dribbling left into Embiid. 
and then Tucker basically closes off the, the passing lane. At this point, there's one second. Chucks it up. No one is guarding Mike Conley. Freaking crazy. So I think that's what Coach was talking about on the end of Mike Conley slipping, and maybe he, he was a little bit late. But I think it happened so fast that Coach didn't know. I think that literally was the play. Clarkson, you have the option if you, if you get double team to pass it to Conley. So maybe we need to give give a coach a break. I don't know, but in that moment, I wouldn't say a three a wide open three point shot is your best shot. Just not when we need two points just to win. Right, but I I mean to defend coach a little bit like. Mike Conley was wide open, but Clarkson did not see him. Oh, no, definitely. So, anyways, I, sorry, I had to go backwards on that. Even if he does see him, he's not making that pass. He's not yeah. making that pass. He's, he's got a hero pass. complex. He wants that shot. Well, and they... It's funny because my, my boy was like... Because uh, we, were, we were at the game live, and he was like... I knew that Jordan Clarkson was going to get his hands on the ball in the last four seconds. I knew it was going to go through him, and I knew that Embiid and PJ were going to go to the corner and trap him. And I'm like, I say, that's exactly what every single team in the NBA knows. And the tough part about being the Jazz is if you don't have Lowry and you don't have Kelly, and if you don't have Jordan, who's going to take the last shot? Nobody knows. True. Yeah, it, it, nobody does know, but I think that play could have been ran completely different. Like, so, anyways, we, we can move on. We we hit on that enough. Um, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's tough when you don't have your, your entire roster healthy. I think not having Sexton on the, you know, either starting or on the bench, he adds a lot of energy to the team. Um, not having our best player all-star Lowry. The the other question is, do do you feel do you feel the Jazz are I I know we always ask this question, but like not trying that hard to win. No, I don't I think not at all. They're trying I think it's a situation where it's, we're going to let the we're going to let the eggs fall where they may and see what the season takes us. But we're also going to sit there and we're, we're going to put ourselves in positions and be able to yeah, be, I don't know. To, be, in trade, and be in trade conversations. 100%. Have like I have five, eight more wins than I think we would if we weren't trying to win. And the reason, the only reason I asked that question is the last play, like, right? Yeah, of, of taking Kessler off just to me doesn't make sense. I mean, you're going to make mistakes. I mean, coach did what he thought was best, and he's a rookie coach, and he's not always going to make the best choice. And I mean, I'm okay with that. I mean, in technical sense, he put his best offensive players on the court, so we can't really get too mad at him. Yeah. Um, I don't know if THT needed to be on the court. I would love to, if, if THT. If for me, if THT is going to be on the court, I want him to run downhill. Yeah, I, that, yeah, I say, that's. I say yes, just because he made the. The three at the end of the first half. That's the only reason I have him in. Yeah, I, I, same, same reason though. Like he's good at driving to the basket and probably getting the foul. And then, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You got Kessler, and if if somebody drives hard to the basket, either lobs or misses, Kessler might clean it up. Just crazy. We didn't get an attempt. So, um, let's look at the standings real quick. I think they're updated on NBA.com. 
Where are we sitting, gentlemen? Where are we sitting? I think Minnesota finally just passed us in the standings. That's depressing. <laughs> For us or Minnesota? I think they, are they either won seven of their last eight or nine of their last eight. We're the ninth seed right now. Yeah, we're the ninth seed. Yeah, the standings are on Denver number one, Memphis number two, Pelicans number three, Kings number four, Dallas five, Golden State six, Minnesota seven, Clippers eight, Utah nine, Phoenix ten. What's the game difference between oh, all it, those? They're pretty um, close, aren't they? Um, yeah. Portland at eleven, and, and um, between Utah, Phoenix, and Portland, there's a nine. It is nine games from the from the um, one seed. Games back. Yeah, we're only two games out of fifth place. Yeah. Or sorry, sorry, three games. Uh, Dallas is three games, yeah. is uh, three games ahead of us. Golden State is one game ahead of us. Um, and then you got Sacramento two and a half or three and a half games ahead of us. And New Orleans, Memphis, and Nuggets are quite a ways ahead of us. So, I, I mean, that's what I'm saying is like we we've got you know. I know the next game, I believe we go to Minnesota. Is that right? And then come back for a game with the Clippers. Um, but a lot of our games are at home, and uh, we've already played most of our backs to back-to-backs. I believe this was our 11th. So I, I think we have three or four left. Um, so, you know, we can go either way. We've been saying this all season. If they really want to do it, if our guys get healthy – I can see us easily getting in at the six, five, or four spot. Probably more likely the five or six spot. Sacramento's on a There's tear right one now. Game between us and the thirteenth spot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, We're I know. Nine and the Lakers are at thirteen. And there's one game that separates us. There's one game that separates us from six, six seed, and one game that separates us from the thirteenth seed. That's insane. Golly. That's insane. That's why this see it's it's so much parity going on right now that it the GMs don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. No GM know what knows what to do in this situation because it's too much parity. It's too many too many teams are well balanced. They don't know who to trade where. They don't know who can actually add value to their roster. Just as you know, just as well as um just with us. We don't know yeah. exactly what to do. I feel yeah. like maybe the best option I feel like the best option Stand is to Pat. go push through that John's Collins trade. Um, but uh, nobody wants time, to be that team that sells the farm and didn't need to do it. Yeah, right. yeah. That's the situation. The market is just the market is looking at space. Do you think the market's going to change by the trade deadline? I feel no. like not unless uh, there's a big injury. No, because because there's no superstar to reset it, or yeah. you know, a French old star to reset it. Honestly, I love where the league's at because most of the time it's you know who's going to win. And even with Denver, Memphis, and New Orleans, like it's not a given that any three of those teams are just going to go and win. The, 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 the space that the league is in right now is, is, in a, is in a perfect storm where there's so many great players or solid players. Or, you know, you know the teams can go 10, 11 deep. That, that wasn't the norm before, but a lot of teams could possibly do 10-11 deep in a regular season game. Um, also, with the upcoming draft coming, it's like, like there's a lot of 
this this there may be a lot of rotation, you know, high value ro- rotational players coming into this draft. So it's just like teams just don't know what to do. Should they should I trade this pick? Should I sit there and try to go grab this player on this contract right now when I can sit there and possibly go get a rookie who can maybe duplicate something something that's like it's, it's, it's in a weird space. The whole thing is just weird. Right now. But at the same time, I think you've got teams like LA and Portland who just are on the tail end of championship runs that need to do something in the next two years before they do a reset. Yeah. And they what? have to make a decision like, are they going to move their big stars or are they going to go for it? Like, Kevin, what, what team in your mind or teams need to make a move the most? I think, I think Portland has to make a move because Dame's only got a couple years left. I think LA's got to make a move. Uh, I think the Suns have to make a move. That's in the West. I mean, the Suns 100% need to make a move. I don't know. Yeah. Mu- I don't know as much about the East. I don't follow the East as much. But in the West, I think those three teams there's, have to make a move. There's uh, a bunch of teams on both sides. And I think on an outside, I don't know that they need to make a move. I mean, maybe they they don't need to make a move because I think they've got time. But I think I think Dallas is. Maybe feels uh, like, like they got, they need to they get they need to get Doncic help, like, man. Like at the same time, though, I I feel like there might be a little pressure on them to make a move. See, they they're in a weird situation as well because they yeah. don't know if they want to extend Christian Wood. Yeah, yeah. They should, in my opinion. In my opinion, they should. Yeah, I think the Rockets are stupid for not trying to keep him around. To be honest. Um so in the in the East, here are the other teams that I, I think kind of need to make a move as well. You got the Toronto Raptors, uh, sure. Washington Wizards, Chicago Bulls, yep. Atlanta Hawks, yep. possibly Miami. the Pacers. Um, Miami, the, Pacers make the, the, the Pacers are at a good spot. They don't need to really. Yeah, I would. I would right say now. Miami needs to make a move if they're wanting to compete with the you know, the Celtics, Nets, Bucks. They're trying to strip off um, Kyle Lowry's contract. Yeah, I was, I was about yeah, to say I don't, that. I don't money's, think... The money's too deep with Kay Lau, and he's been so unhealthy. Yeah, I don't think Miami can do anything. I think until Lowry and Robinson are off the books, I think they're just kind of stuck with where, they, where they're at. Yeah, you, you know, they, they can't do anything until they're willing to give up. Um, what's his face? Um, he's from Milwaukee. What's the guard name? Connick? Uh, or... Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they need to be willing to give up Tyler Hero. And they don't. The other thing about them too is they don't have any draft assets. Like they've moved a lot of their draft assets because, like, when they were looking to get Don, I think they could only offer one, maybe two picks with Hero, and so they they just don't have a lot of options. So I think they're in a. They don't have too many options. They, they, I think they're in a stand pat. Like, yeah, when you look at their roster, they have a bunch of players who played in the G League, a bunch. Like, yeah, and they make best from you know from that, but. That's not that's not a space that you would want to be in. I think, but, you, I think, but you don't want to give up Jimmy Butler or or Bam. So it's like, eh. I think they're a team who would love to make a move. I just don't think they can. I think I think Miami right now is very similar to Utah in 2017. In what way? Mm, yeah. Miami Miami's like two moves away from contending again, and they're stuck with bad salaries. Yeah. They, they, yeah. You got to think about it. They were one jump shot away from being in the finals. 
They were, but not anymore. <laughs> You're far from that now. Yeah, they lost PJ Tucker too, and and that hurt them. I think. Um, the 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 last thing I want to hit on. The fact that PJ Tucker was the needle mover for your team is crazy. The last thing I want to hit on. Uh, I've kind of become infatuated with this idea just from rumors swirling around is DeJounte Murray and John Collins. Uh, obviously, I think John Collins is going to get moved and the Hawks are realizing that his value isn't what they think it is. But w- what would you be willing to, to give away from the Jazz for John Collins and DeJounte Murray? Because I would I would kill for DeJounte Murray on our team. Well, here's the thing: is that we would have to give up a first round pick, definitely at least one first round pick to get to get to John. Yeah, I think I don't. I, I mean, they gave up three to get him. They're gonna want to get some assets back. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how you get him back for anything minimum of two. Yep. Well, if you and uh, my thought is because they're asking for a big man that could shoot, so that's a Linux, right? Um, like October Linux. Yeah, but they don't. Yeah. And then, you know, if you throw in Vanderbilt as another big guy to kind of replace Collins in a certain way, I I would throw in JC. uh, I would throw in Conley if they want either one of those. I don't think we could do it. I I don't. We're going to need a third team. We're going to need the Suns. We're literally going to need the Suns for this trade. I don't see us. First off, I don't. I don't know where this rumor came from because I just don't. I don't know why they would move. I don't either. Jean-Tay. Murray. Yeah, like, I don't I, either. I, I get. I get the. I mean, Trey, I don't know why they would move Trey, but to me, Trey made more sense than Murray. They can't like, get. I don't see why would you get that backcourt was working at the beginning of the season. Yeah. It was well, working. and if they it could get great. if they could get DeAndre Ayton uh, and kind of make it a three team. Trade that I think they're not gonna want to do that because they got on Yeah, Yeah. they don't want Aiden, they have on and um, and Clint Capella, so they they, this is like they're good on the center, like they need Crowder, like, yeah, they need need Crowder, yeah, they need they they basically need John Collins to learn how to shoot again, is what they really need, (laughs) but that's not happening. Uh, Colin, we got you in here. Uh, I just accepted you to speak. You want to go ahead and hit on whatever you're thinking about over there. Yeah, um, I'm going to get straight out with it. I didn't watch the game tonight again. Oh, God. I saw that the uh, one of the proposed trades, which this doesn't really make any sense because I'm honestly confused with what Atlanta wants to do. I don't know if they want to just give up. Maybe today. They don't know what they want to do. Uh, yeah, I heard, I heard they're having some leadership issues. Like he's, like, front he's, changes. he's like Vando in the paint right now. But anyways, I saw something. <laughs> I saw something, but it was... Um, this doesn't really make much sense. I got it was a question for y'all, though. Wait, wait, wait. Let Colin finish real quick. Is he speaking? Yeah, sorry. There might be a connection. We've been having that problem for some reason. Oh, really? Oh, my yeah. bad. Go ahead. Let me know when he's done. Let me know when he's done. Yeah, Colin, can go I, ahead. Can y'all all hear me except for him? Okay. Yeah, I can hear I can, We uh, can hear you. I just think there's a little bit right. of a connection issue. Okay, okay. Well, um, I saw something from like a, I don't know if it was like some, some, some kind of verified account with like 200,000 followers, which, you know, on Twitter doesn't mean shit, but 
Um, anyways, they was uh, something about JC, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, and two firsts for John Collins and Dejounte Murray. Oh, I'd not. do it. I would do it. Absolutely not. I'm not giving not up. Not even close. I'm not, not giving up all those assets for Dejounte Murray. And what about what about one pick instead of two picks? No. Nope. Still no. No. I honestly don't I even want I, John Collins because because I we're not going to get any picks back. Yeah, I think I'd do it though. The thing is, I, I the thing is, I trust the Jazz to develop John Collins more than what like just like what we're doing with Laurie. Yeah, but it's not I even about John Collins. It's about getting Dejounte Murray to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, okay, so let me ask you a question. Well, I'm thinking we flip, flip John Collins once he gets better on the Jazz. Is. Huh? How good, do you, how good do you all think that, that John, no, DeJounte Murray is? I think he's good. I don't think he's great. He's one of the best, de- he's one of the best gu- point guards that can defend. But how much better do you think he is than some of these prospects that are going to be available in the next couple drafts? I don't know. That's the thing is that's why I'm willing to, to yeah. put my money on him because you don't know with the picks. And and the amount of money that you have to take on in John Collins. Like, yeah, here's my thing. I know that we hit gold with Kessler. I know that we hit gold with Laurie. And I trust the front office. But at some point, and, like, they're not going to hit gold every time, right? Or maybe no, but the will. thing is... I don't know if it's recency. I think we hit gold with Ochai as well. The, yeah, I think it's maybe. I think it's recency for me, but I think the Jazz can develop and flip players. I think John Collins is a player where you take him oh, for no, a year, yeah. his stats go way up, and then you flip him. Yeah, I, I think I think they can get John Collins back to what he used to be and turn him into an That's asset. That's what I'm saying. I, I believe oh, no, the Jazz John Collins can they've done it with every player that comes player. to Utah almost. Every player that comes to Utah almost does better. I will say this oh, though. Yeah, I will say this though. I think the Jazz are moving on from being the farm league of the team and developing players. So uh, I think Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith, you've got to take into account like they're they're not wanting to do that anymore. I think that's why they're well, so willing to make trades and pull the trigger on things. Well, John Collins to me is a is a he he's a low end risk. Like he's not he's not too much of a risk. We know we we know what we can get from him. He he can start on a playoff team. We already know he can do that. We've seen him he, average around 17, 18, 19. If he can shoot the ball again, I think he can. But the thing is, I think he's asking so low now that we might. How much do we need him to shoot the ball if we replace him with Vando? Yeah, we need him to be like a rebounder, rim protector type thing. Because he's a solid rim protector, he's he's a he's a he's a solid rim protector, a solid rebounder. He, we seen him be better offensively for twenty four million a year for the next three years. Yeah, I would like do you it. You guys were just you guys were just like three days ago talking about mm-hmm. how you don't want to pay JC twenty mm-hmm. million. A yeah, year. but it's a different player. JC JC is he's needs dirty. the ball so bad and. Is a score where Col- Collins yeah. is more of a length rim protector defender, and then I think he's more of a threat than Vando ever would be on the three that. point but line. But we've already got Kessler who can do that, and like no offense, but guys like that can be picked up in the draft pretty easy. Uh, I, 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 I think I think I think John Collins is in his like worst possible yeah. scenario where he is brought up through this jazz system. I, I think we're undervaluing John Collins too. Like if you put if you put Walker Kessler, 
John Collins at the four, and then Lowry Markin at the three. Do you realize yeah. what havoc that would wreak on defense? Strong, and, and, yeah, that's an extremely strong front court. And then if, and and if we don't have to give up Kelly Olynyk, think about that rotation. But the same oh, thing's give up gonna Kelly. Happen, the same thing's gonna happen now when we run that same line out up with Kelly Olynyk. Because Kelly can't hit a damn shot. Everybody <laughs> closes down. Yeah, but here's the diff- here's the difference. Kelly can't play defense. John Collins can. John Collins I think John Collins is is more he's gifted a, a, offensively as well than Olenek. Like he can dribble off you yeah. know, he can I mean, dunk I over people. Right. I just don't know that that's worth twenty four million. Maybe not, but I'd be willing. I'd be willing to take a risk on it, to be honest. I don't think. It, I, don't, I don't think it's about twenty four. What's his asking price now? Um, low, because you know why? Because now, now, now the Hawks have um allowed his team to go and sort out another trade. Yeah, his yeah, agents are now looking for a trade. How we can pay to get him. Yeah, oh, we don't have to give up. We, but we he's under contract now. Now, with this situation, with this coming, with that being reported today, I think his value has driven down maybe like a Well, and I think right. that's the genius of Danny Ainge. He just, he knows this, and he's just waiting and waiting he's and waiting. waiting. Yeah. He's, oh, had yeah. This, he had, he's had this trade locked and loaded since the beginning of the season. Okay, look, who, who was who was? GM in this league? This I'm gonna I'm gonna mute everyone real quick because we seem to all be talking over each other. Um, who was? Um, everybody, just stay on mute for a sec. Who was trying to speak when Colin was speaking? And what did you want to hit on? That was me. What 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 were you trying to say? Um, I was kind of just going. I was playing off of the John Collins, Jay Crowder scenario. I kind of wanted to introduce a scenario to you gentlemen. Yeah, let's do it. It's Saturday <laughs> night, baby. <laughs> <laughs> say so. Say we do get Phoenix involved. Phoenix says, "Yep, it's a good idea." They send Jay Crowder to Atlanta. Atlanta sends us John Collins. We send Vando and Kelly to Atlanta. We said, I don't want to say this. We said JC. <laughs> I don't want to we, say this. We said JC down to down to uh, Phoenix, and then we get a draft asset. I think we're going to need two. We're going to need two picks. Who who are we getting a draft asset from? Phoenix. Phoenix. To see, but Phoenix isn't doing that because they've got offers on the table. From like Milwaukee and other places for Crowder that don't involve them giving up a pick. Uh, They're not gonna do it. I think JC would fit so yeah, well in Phoenix. They'll, they'll give up a pick for another boy. Yeah, the people, the people that are offering right now don't have who they're looking for. Yeah, we have we have the we for. have the assets that the Suns want. Atlanta Atlanta has the asset or assets that we want. Mm-hmm. It's there's been an entanglement for like I don't know three four months now. Everybody's just playing around and seeing whatever they can go get from any from, from other teams, but uh, those those are the partners. Like those 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 are the partners. The JC situation came out of nowhere, not necessarily out of nowhere. I'm pretty sure that the front office knew that that was a possibility, but other than that, the, 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 these three teams needed needed to be in an entanglement with each other. I'm pretty sure that Danny was waiting for the Atlanta situation to just blow up. Right, especially that John Collins been on the trade market for I don't know three years now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Damn near his whole career. 
Yeah. He's been, yeah, Charcon's been fished before, Tri- the, the, the season before Trey Young even came. Like, I, like, it's crazy. I will say, I will say that, um, I'm really hesitant. I was mentioning earlier about draft picks, maybe to include it in the Jante Murray's case, but I have been scrolling through the draft boards like every day recently or seeing something on Twitter and every single day this class looks deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. And I yeah. just at this point I honestly don't want to give up any twenty twenty three draft picks. I'm okay with giving up some future ones, but all of our I even the last one, even the one that's, you know, Brooklyn uh 76ers like I'm okay drafting deep in this draft because, dude, every single guy in this draft is looking like even like in the twenties, way back in the twenties, is looking like potential guys that have a lot of potential. You know, six, wait, wait, till, wait till you start scrolling to the 2024 draft. That we don't yeah, even. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I haven't even looked into that because I don't want to. So that just seems. I think, you know, and we, I think don't look into that one. It'll depress you because we don't have a single pick in that draft. <laughs> and I think that's why Danny's sitting there trying to hold on to your draft picks and, and and possibly package off to be able to go get a pick next year and try to figure and out think, what teams are going to be. I think that that's the holdup too because I think Danny's asking for 2024s, not 2023s, and nobody wants to trade 24s right now. Nobody wants to trade them at all. Yeah. Have you seen a single rumor in the last six weeks that involved a 2024 pick? Not at all. Not a single one. Not a single one. Nobody wants to give up a 2024, but I think that Danny's going to force somebody in here. Yeah. Somebody's going to have to take the bite at the app. Somebody, nobody's going to sit. Every, like, the, entire, it, the entire first round is not going to sit on their picks. Especially no. if we don't make a trade by the trade deadline, I think I think you're right, Armani. Like there there will be a trade in the off season by Danny. If, if, yeah, if, because and we also got to be cognizant of the fact that every off season, every off season, there's about two to three stars that kind of like you know start you know pondering and seeing you know seeing whatever else situation they can they can possibly move to and if we look at these younger players who like who are the younger players that may want out of a certain situation that Danny um Danny and Jay Z might be interested in trying to go get. Yeah. Um wait hold on. That's why I think there's almost more value to hold on to Conley until the off season. I think he's worth it more in the offseason than he is the trade deadline. I don't think I would yeah, trade. You I don't, don't think trading Conley is, is is really need, needed at this point. I he's feel, going, that's he doesn't surprising. get a first round pick. That's surprising to me because I feel like I don't think Conley's going to go anywhere but back to Memphis. Yeah, I feel like someone would, would panic. And, that's that's yeah. my personal. I feel opinion. like you have more teams panicking at the trade deadline day than in the summer and willing to maybe chunk up a larger offer. So he's on a team option for next year. And it's not even a fully guaranteed team option. So you have a partially guaranteed expiring contract. Yeah, I'm not giving up Conley. For what? What? I'm, yeah, I said, yeah, I'm not giving up Conley. Like, for what? Um, like, yeah, people are going to be... We're, we're, always, we're always going to need somebody on the books. Yeah, so it's like, eh. People are going to be drooling for that kind of a contract for people. And if we're willing to pick up an, uh, a bad contract in exchange... Um, and like I said, if Danny can't make a move for a 2024 pick, then I think you're going to see a fire sale next year because we're going to want to come in in the bottom 10 next year to protect our own pick, which is going to be really hard. With well, I don't kick ass. I don't know if that's Walker and Lowry. 
I don't know if that's necessarily true if they feel like they can make a move that can a move or two that can push them into a stronger stand like a, like a stronger a stronger place in the standings. I don't know if we can. Season. Well, I don't know if we can. I don't with as good as is Lowry and mm-hmm. Walker already are mm-hmm. with Sexton and Ochai and all these I don't mm-hmm. know how the hell we get to a bottom 10 team in 2024. I, I don't think it's possible. That's, impo- I, that's why I, I don't think I don't think that's the plan. I think the plan is to make the the team as good as possible without giving up too many assets. I think that was the plan originally, but I don't think I don't think Danny knew. No, I think, I think they, I think they was just trying to see whatever stick. Yeah, you know, and 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 the thing is that for, as of right now for the season, Lowry is showing us something that um, is not normal in the NBA, and it, and and it is that he looks like a transcendent off ball player. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I saw something I that, that said uh, I can't remember what website it was, but they had Lowry at as the number one spot for most improved player. Do you think he has yeah. a legitimate chance at winning that? Oh no, he he has to be the most improved player. What were you gonna say, on Shay? But here's the thing: is that Shay Shay has been put in the position of being a number one, being a number one option because he's on a bad team. We have Lowry who's pushing the team who was who who was who was expected to be a bottom four team in the West to be in contention to be in a play-in. And not only to just that, he's averaging 24. He's averaging 24, 20, like over, around 25 points per game right now. And over the last month, he's been averaging 30. I saw someone yeah. else besides Shea, and I'm trying to remember who it was. But there was one other person I saw besides Shea, but... I don't know who else besides Shea could even be up there. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about. I remember I remember seeing that too, and uh, there I can't remember who the other player was, but I agree with you, Armani. It shouldn't be anybody besides Lowry and Josh shouldn't have won it last year, but I can see him doing that type of thing again this year. <laughs> Anthony Simons, that's who it was. No, Anthony yeah, he's falling off though. It, Maybe at the beginning of the not, season. It's not the same as Lowry. No, I, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it, but that's the other person I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm just saying that he's fallen off as of late. I don't think he has a real chance anymore. I think that that also came out like 20 games into the season. So like, yeah, that was when Portland was going on fucking absolute fire. Yeah. And then Anthony got hurt, and so you know, of course, his stats suffer, but. He shouldn't be in that conversation. He's not. He's not him. I mean, if we're Portland. being hundred percent honest, like if Laurie's not in the top ten for MVP voting right now, like something's wrong. Yeah, like, I've seen that too. To I've seen that he's been in the MVP race as well. He's got to be in the top ten. Like I don't expect him to win it, but he's yeah. got to be in the top ten in voting. Like right? Hundred percent. Well, I don't think. I don't think. Well, for one, I don't think they're going to be because of the coverage that he's getting, and then on top of that, it's. The we we have to be honest. He doesn't get the attempts or the usage of somebody who would be an MVP. So they, I don't think that the media is even looking at him like even entertaining. Like at least with SGA, there you know it's a situation where he's averaging thirty points, right? He's a lead guard. He's a number one option. We all know what you know. He's going to get the ball. He's been he's been hitting game winners and all types of stuff. So if he's in the quote unquote MVP race. It's like it makes a little bit more sense versus Lowry because Lowry just, as much as I love Lowry, everybody know I, like from the beginning of the season I was Lowry, Lowry out. 
but I will. I don't think that the media would respect him enough to to go on him in the MVP conversation. No, not at all. Mm. Were any of you guys at the game tonight? By the way, or n- no one? Nah, I wish. I, I wanted to ask about the. Uh, I think Brow. I think Brow was Brow. Weren't you at the yeah, game? Yeah, I think Brown was. Uh, I wanted to ask about. Um, have they already? Is the arena name already changed? Like in person? No, it's, it's changing in July. Oh, July. Okay, never mind. Sorry, I wasn't sure about that one. <laughs> what do you guys think about uh, changing the name back to the Delta Center? They made a pretty cool video about it today. Um, um, I will say, it's been I the love it. It's been it's been Energy Solution slash Vivint since I was five. Delta Center is the only way I grew up on. But um, so I grew up on Energy Solutions Vivint Arena Jazz. So I don't really care for it yeah i saw i saw somebody tweet out like i don't get the the big deal about delta center is that just something that old people get excited about (laughs) it's the name it's just a company i mean i like big billboard i don't understand what the center sounds a little bit more I don't know. Delta Center kind of like rings a little bit. Better I, I, yeah. I've just always called it the Delta Center and the John and Carl days is what I grew up on. So like, that's what, that's what I know from childhood too. So I think, I think a lot of it has to do with the era that you cheered for and kind of grew up with as a kid, because if it was, if it was Boozer and Williams, right. Was it, was it uh energy solutions arena when they were there? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd rather go back to Delta Center to give respect to the, you know, the most successful Utah teams. Hey, if it brings us a championship, so. you can call it whatever the hell you want. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have called it Delta Center then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I, I worked for Vivint, and Ryan sent us a pretty cool message. So The closest we ever got to a championship was can when you, it was the Delta Center. That just means we need to bring Jeff Hornacek back to the coaching staff too then absolutely he is on the coaching not staff. yeah he is what I'm, yeah jeff, never... jeff works for us again yeah. is he an advisor or what, what is his position i don't know but he's he's on the staff probably a shooting I've coach that's crazy yeah, he probably doesn't yeah. want to be in the spotlight no jeff's on the coaching staff though i mean technically i thought i heard that uh i i thought i heard that malone technically is on the payroll too but I saw something today that Malone's going to be part of the All-Star game in in some form. Um, I think it's interesting how Ryan Smith brings back these old guys. Like you saw Mehmet occur tonight, sitting with Darren Williams and then Truck Robinson. Um, There's got to be some type of secret. Do you think that they're going to try and relive... I mean, it would be awesome if John Stockton showed up too, but I I just... Oh, John's John's coming out. I think I think listen I think John and Carl are coming because they won co-MVP in 93 when the all-star game was here maybe and I think that would be the one thing that could get John back out it'd have to be because John hates the public spotlight he hates it yeah yeah but he doesn't hate the Utah Jazz organization and and Ryan Smith is such a savvy businessman He's good friends with Carl. If you know Carl and Ryan, and if they bought brought that whole '97 team or something like that out, like a little reunion, uh, did maybe? I mean, I don't know. I think I think there's going to be something cool that Ryan Smith plans for Um, the All Star Game because it's in Utah. It's a big deal, and we don't know when that's going to happen again. And I just think. 
like people don't know this, but, but John is not a very nice man. <laughs> like, like he is not. A very uh, nice that's person. not what I hear. Uh, I'm gonna play is like him. I hear, I hear. If he's one on one with you, uh, he is. I, I think he just doesn't want attention. But yes, he does not like it. He doesn't do um, signings. Like if you meet him mm. randomly out in the public and ask for his autograph, he'll just ignore you and walk so, away. I've, I've got to. You got to think. He's 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 also a very private, by my own book person. He's always been that way. He's I've got a way. friend that works at the private airport in North Salt Lake, and he's he says John Stockton was one of the nicest guys every single time. He's one of the only guys that would tip him. And he said Michael Jordan was the biggest dick ever. He would never tip him, never oh, talk no, Michael to him. Jordan's anything. An so that, those are that, that that's level. my story John of John level. Stockton in 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 private. But uh, I, I I just think with John, it's it's he doesn't want the spotlight or any of that put upon yeah. him anymore. It, I, just, it, I just you, you knew that couple... because that's how he played too. He played like he didn't want the attention. That's why he has yeah. he leave he let lead forever in assists. He's just that's just not who he is. Yeah, and even on I the dream team, I know a couple people who have run into John on the street and uh, haven't uh, been treated very kindly. But... Well, hey, you got to think as an athlete, and then you become an older person too, <laughs> right? Like. Yeah. You just, it's just like, dude, like I'm, I'm over it. Like I'm, I don't want to do no, this anymore. So anyways, I, um, I I'm going to, though, because I've definitely heard many stories around both Carl and John positive and negative. Yeah. I, I just think it matter. It's, it's like any human, you catch them on a good day or a bad day. They're human too. And everybody expects them to be perfect when, when they meet them. And maybe they just got in a fight with their wife, you know, you never know. Yeah. So John, the other thing too is John just hasn't done a lot of events with the Jazz since he left. Not like a lot of the other people, like Jeff and Carl. But he did Brian come. They did a reunion Emma. with uh, Sloan before he passed, and he was at that one. And that's what I I think it, the, the way to get John out is throw a big party with his teammates or something. I I hope it becomes the All Star Game. That that well, would mean a lot. There so. One of the one of the in one of the packages, like you get the lunch with the legend and everything. So the, he's bringing back all every jazz legend to have lunch with you, um, and he's bringing legends from other teams as well. But like I just recently purchased those VIP packages for me and my buddy that I went to the game with tonight, and we're stoked about it. Can I, I come? Kind of money for that? Yeah, can I come with you? <laughs> You got an extra thirteen hundred dollars lying around. <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and end this one. We've got uh, our next game is on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which is a matinee. Basically, it starts at two in the afternoon. Um, what? Holy yes, hell! Yes, it's a weird one. So I'm I'm debating. Uh, I'm gonna try hard to do a podcast on that day. I I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get home and and do it in time. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to watch the game, to be honest. So uh, I might, if I if I do it, I may record the game and do it later in the day, just because it's it's kind of weird. I don't think everybody has Martin Luther King Jr. Day off, so I don't know why they're doing a matinee game, to be honest. Uh, they're treating it like it's Christmas. Um, I think but, it's for the players. 
Yeah. So anyways, uh, I appreciate all you guys that have jumped on. Uh, we will be doing this again. Uh, we are closing in on 800 followers on Twitter and almost 100 on YouTube. Our YouTube is really taken over with the views on there. I think today we've had like 13,000 views in the last 28 days, which is massive. So uh, let's keep this snowball going and share uh, anywhere with your jazz friends. And uh, we will see you guys next game. Uh, peace out. Peace. Have a good